How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Breakfast with the Boys, your weekly bite of college and professional sports. It's David with Alex, Stephen, and Drew, like always. <laughs> we back. <laughs> Beer's we, good. Yeah, we have uh, we have some NFL to talk about today, MLB. We're going to be talking about beers, uh, so pay attention to that. We're also going to do something really fun today. We're about three minutes away from starting our mock draft. Uh, we're in a 16-team PPR mock draft on ESPN. Uh, we're going to be mock drafting while we're while we are recording today, and then segment three, we're going to talk uh, about that mock draft, where players are going, stuff like that. Uh, I got to say, it's really nice to be back in cell phone service after a couple days out of it. How was y'all's weekend? Drew, are you like being Spider Man over there? Dude, there? I'm really? spidering it up. I'm shooting web slingers left, right, and center. I'm eating it up, slurping it down, pooping it out. I'm excited, man. Football <laughs> season so close. Dude, it is. My precious. Dude, it, football Dude, season. Oh, I just kicked my neck a little bit. I was too, too tense. Too tense. The we traps. Yeah. Uh, to the traps. So, yeah. anybody who's been listening to this podcast, yes, we like other sports. I would argue that we, we even do. love some other sports, mm-hmm. but for most of us, top love football, and we are so stoked that it is like almost that. Sorry, time. soccer. I think the first game is like <laughs> in like two Thursdays. I'm so stoked. Okay, so talking about uh, the NFL, and I know Drew, you got some stuff you want to talk about too. But uh, one of the things that has come up recently is the NFL is thinking about an 18 game season, and I'm curious what you guys think about an 18-game season, and especially if that means only two preseason games instead of four. I'm, I'm, uh, I love talking about this, first of all. Second of all, yeah, so uh, if that means two preseason games instead of four, I think that's, I think that's okay, because uh, while preseason games are great for the players, right, especially the rookies and, 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 the, and the fresh pickups to get into the swing of things in an actual game, when do we see the starters actually play? It's the last two game, last two preseason games. I think from a viewer's perspective, that's probably what they're thinking of. From a player's perspective, maybe they maybe they can start training camp a little bit earlier, right, just right. to get the blood flowing, right, because they don't don't want to minimize uh, the amount of training time. What I'm interested in, as far as 18 game season, is what do they do on the back end of the season? Um, if they change anything on the back end when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm not sure what they could do. I'm not sure what they would do. Uh, maybe in, instead of doing something on the front end, maybe they take out a bye week or a you know a bye week for for first place teams, something like that. Um, and then the other thing, which I think we've all heard of, or at least it's been passed around the internet, is is a possible 16 game limit for an individual, each individual player on a team. So while the season would go to 18. Uh, regular season games, each player could only play 16 regular season games in order for health and stamina and stuff like that. So it involved a little bit more strategic planning on the uh, team's part. That's those are the things I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you just keep 18 games, I hate it. I actually don't like an 18 game season. I think you guys might disagree because you know you're able to. You're able to have watch more football, and I get it from a fan's perspective, but I always think about the player's perspective. That's the key. Yeah, and, and I'm really cool with um, you know them having 16 games. If they're only allowed 16 games, I think it's really interesting because then there's strategy going on. 
you know, you sit I, down Jared Goff and you're starting Blake uh, Blake Bortles because you're playing the right. Raiders. The utter disrespect the Raiders are going to feel that you started Blake Bortles. It's, it's like even more of a shit on your plate. Like, oh, we're just not even going to start a starting quarterback. Like, let alone all the other players we're going to start against you that yeah. are second string. We're not starting Todd Gurley. Yeah, He's sit out. exactly. But that's very strategic, right? Because what if, what if, you know, on the like on the off chance, you have to think about... All right, what's what are the consequences if we do lose this game because we played our backups? Will this hurt us in the long run? I I have a feeling uh, the starters will always play against divisional matchups, right? And there is eight of them right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, do do we stick with, uh, you know, other like if AFC versus AFC games out of the division, or 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 if we just stick with, you know. Teams that, like you said, maybe they're just not so much a competitor. Maybe we start our backups and let those, you know, two of the 18 games rest during teams that are under 500 or definitely not making the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know. It's, it's definitely more strategic. What's funny to me is I actually think that's a joke. Honestly, to me, that like, no, listen, listen that, that 16 game thing to me, I think that's a joke from the NFL. To me, it's like, okay, when you start a negotiation with somebody, you know that like, hey, I'm going to sell this thing for 250 bucks. But your first offer, you're like, yeah, you can have it for 1000 yeah. To me, that's this 16-game season thing is the NFL being like, hey, here's this thing that sounds good. And then the NFLPA or like the player right, association right. is going to be like, we don't want that. And so the NFL is like, okay, well, we'll take that off the docket. Yeah. So now you have to take something off because we took something off that we wanted. But I don't think like if you're the Rams, you don't want like, can you imagine how pissed off people would be? Because you're not going to say, hey, Oakland, we're starting Blake Bortles this weekend. No, you're not going to know until kickoff and all of a sudden Jared Goff like comes out. He's not in pads. Right. So you're a Rams player. Right. You pay 400 bucks to go see an NFL game and the starting offense doesn't even play like the owners well, don't want that well, well and I think they've talked about it where it's like you have to make that like by Wednesday you have to say who your starters are or they've like yeah. talked about like making a yeah. deadline so you know in advance but the issue is like most fans they're not buying their tickets no. the week of they're buying no. them further yeah. the, the thing is like the NFL put that out there or someone put it out there but if I'm a there's some draft. Yeah, I was like, on I was like, right in, in case There's you're wondering, that's the that's our um, that's our mock draft starting off. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I turned off sound effects. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> you're both idiots. We're, right. we're on ESPN in case anybody was wondering. But if but. I'm like, if I'm a player, I, the biggest thing I hate about this is it reduces the player's life expectancy. Yeah. They say from 3.2, 3.3 to 2.8 or something like that. Right. I've seen those statistics out there. Yeah. That means the NFL teams, why they put this out there, why they want to see this happen in 18 game season is so they don't have to start paying insurance for these guys. See, after the that, third year, you, after the third year, you get insurance, and I think that plays a huge portion into it. If I'm an NFL player, why the hell do I want to play 18 games? That's, I just don't get it. That's just, what I mean. Though, well, yeah. I think for me, it's one of those things that the NFL was like, "Oh, we're going to do this. It sounds like a great idea," and I really like. I don't think the NFL thinks it's a good idea. I think the NFL was like. Hey, this might be a good idea, and I really think from the core that it's basically just a negotiation tactic that they know they're going to have to pull off in negotiations, but they're going to pull it off and then be like, hey, we we gave up something we wanted. You have to give up something you wanted. That, I definitely could see that. I could also see, right, um, there's probably some sort of uh, money or logistical angle to it. Right. It's very similar to what you're saying. If, but if you think about it, if you take two games out of the preseason and you put them into this into the regular season, David Johnson, 
I'm sorry, I'm just gonna interrupt real fast. Alex just took David Johnson with the pick six. A pick six. That's yeah. pretty high. Alright, go ahead, Drew. I just, yeah. I'm just sorry. I had well, to make for that reference, statement. this mock draft we're in is a 16 team league PPR for everyone listening. Okay. But so you take those two games out of the preseason and you put them into the regular season. Granted, they're not playing the full games in the preseason, but maybe the players don't see so much of a difference. Maybe, maybe they enjoy it better. Maybe, right? We have the, we have the the CBA coming up, the collective bargaining agreement coming up next year or the year after. Maybe, maybe they can work that into a better contract for these players if it's an 18 game regular season versus a 16 well, game. Well, and they've talked season. about adding more. So the NFLPA is obviously about the about players in general. Right. So they've talked about adding, what, like seven roster spots mm-hmm. or something like that. So a player yes. like you guys have Sheldon Day, the Niners do, he's like mm, borderline going to maybe be on your roster. He'd be a guaranteed roster spot pretty mm-hmm. much. So there's things out there that I've seen where y- you you see that. Um, but I just, if I'm a play, the one thing I would actually say is if they add more playoff spots, they'd still be able to gener- generate the revenue and you it would be the games would be worthwhile in my opinion. Because let's not get it. Because how amazing would it be if you just added? We have an eight teams on both sides, so right? So you right. make it more like an right. NBA playoff right. bracket. Right. Right. No one's got to buy, right. but you do have home field advantage for the whole time if you're the one seed or whatever. Yeah. Let's. I think that's more realistic. If if I'm trying the NFL, if I'm trying to get eighteen games, or I'm trying to generate, I think they said it's somewhere upwards of two point five billion dollars in annual revenue if you added two additional games. Well, just add them to the playoffs then. Like that's right. what I would. That's my suggestion. Nice. I and and I uh, let's not get a mistake. In the NFL, they're looking for viewers, money, ratings. So this this could all, like you said, David, this all could just be a bargaining chip and a bigger scheme that is way bigger than any of us. So well, and the funny thing is, the NFL is a league where the the owners run everything. I mean, yeah, all these all like <clears throat> all these franchise tags and, and, and all these fifth-year options. It, it just it makes it seem that the NFL has all the power while the NBA doesn't, and you see players own it. So, Drew, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I apologize. Yeah, I was going to say with the NFLPA and the and the uh, the CBA, um, you know, I, there's going to be a change to to that too. I think, especially coming up in the next years when we have when we have the the renegotiations of the collective bargaining bargaining agreement. And the NFLPA coming into those together, I think I think there's going to be a huge change to to what you're talking about, Stephen. Well, and I'd love to see shorter rookie contracts too. I'm done with these four years, fifth year option. I want to see. I want to start seeing three year, fourth year options. That allows players like Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott to get their contracts that they've wanted and they want them right now, right? You start seeing shorter contracts, which also then means as NFL teams, if someone's a bust, then you don't have to pay them a whole <coughs> lot either. I think it's beneficial for both sides to start creating shorter rookie contracts as well. But maybe maybe that's a they say, okay, we'll do 18-game season, but we want to see contracts only be three years for rookies. So right. rookies, our Melvin Gordons and our Zeke Elliott's might be able to make some money. But they're going to have to be guaranteed contracts. Right. That's the thing. It's going to have to they be will. all, like, like you, you've seen in this offseason, there's been more guaranteed money. Yep going out to these players that's what these players are looking for is guaranteed money yep. and so that if you're going to go with an 18 game season yeah you're going to have to change up the co- the 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 contract scheme a little bit so that there is more guaranteed right. dollars yeah uh but yeah if you want to do it for less years that's fine i mean you look at the mike daniels signing this this week by the right. lions 
a one-year, $9.1 million deal. So yep. the, the Lions were willing to pay damn near $10 million for this one guy for yeah. one year. Which and is still less than what the Packers were going to wear. Like, he was on contract well, for them. And he was, was like 11 like, or something yeah, for them. Not, so. not by not a ton. A lot, no. and, he still, and now he gets to smack Aaron Rodgers twice a year. So yeah. that's, that's going to be fun for him. Yep. Awesome. So um, do you guys have anything else that you want to add before we well, get into the fun conversation? I know Drew's boy, Brooks Kepka freaking won today. Yeah, I was going to talk about golf just a little bit. Not too crazy. It's it's almost my second pick again. Here. So I like don't want to close. <laughs> I don't want to close the app and like go to the golf stuff. But oh wait, hold on. Let me just make this pick really quick. And picked. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, come on, man. I don't go whatever. Yeah, I'm going you zero, take Joe I'm, Mixon. I'm going zero wide receiver. All right, dude. Here we third, go. Third segment. We'll get into these picks, guys. <laughs> we will. Uh, uh, so my boy Brooks Kepka. I really love Brooks Kepka. I think it's awesome. That he came in first, and it and it started off it started off good, uh, but it it the really the, the the intense part of this match, in my opinion, was yesterday's game. Now today we had a lot of players, uh, Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick, kind of hold up there. I'm a little disappointed in McElroy, uh, and of course I could never golf like he did. He shot 11 under, but he started in second and was neck and neck with Kopka. And and then ended up down in the uh, tied for fourth section, the bottom of the fourth section. Uh, but because he went he went one over today, and the other two boys went um, one under and four under, so they they took those first two spots. But it, it was really I love seeing this, and and we're getting closer and closer to the FedEx Cup, and and uh, you know it. It's really cool to see these golfers come out on top. This now I believe makes Brooks Kupka third championship of the year. Out of all the cups and championships, um, he's the best golf- golfer. This, I mean, this is like it's. He's, not even he's close, the best golfer right? this year for sure. I, oh, it's, I'd say he's the best golfer in the world right now, right? Like, uh, he, I, I, I would, I would want to agree with you, Stephen. Uh, definitely, you have some other guys out there. Uh, you know, I know Kucher has won two two championships as well. We have Tiger who won one. You know, uh, a few months back, but he uh, Kupka is definitely standing out among the rest and if he keeps up this pace then then we'll see great things from him this year and the years coming but he's i he's i would say personally top three in my opinion yeah um with with possibly tiger being at the at the lower end of that uh but i did want to mention um i did want to mention the one golfer that i was very excited about back around one of our first podcasts uh Thorbjorn Olinson, the <laughs> wow, guy who was, him I don't want to say he was a nobody, but he was, he did not make the cut that week when we talked about it. This dude's now tied for 27th. He came in today in the uh, uh, top 15. And unfortunately he just, he didn't, he played five over today. So it knocked him back to tied 27th. But Thorbjorn, Thorbjorn Olinson, He's a golfer that I really like. This guy's kind of coming out of the woodwork a little bit, and, and I mean, you know, if you like watching specific guys, that's who I like to watch. So, nice. yeah, I'm talk, talking about things you like. Uh, transitioning into our first segment here. So, I mean, it's we're in the middle of summer, and I mean, when you think about summer, there's lots of stuff that you think about, but beers is also one of those things. And so, uh, I mean, anybody who like does podcasts or does anything like that, or maybe even has friends, you sit around, you talk about some like <laughs> some, <laughs> some really ridiculous things. And so one of the things we thought about was, uh, you know, if each NFL team was a beer, what beer would those NFL teams be? And I actually have to kind of just like step out of this. Um, 
I don't drink beer. I could go into the long story about it, but my system does not like it, so I don't drink beer. So I'm relying on Drew, Alex, and Steven to explain to me which NFL teams are which beers. Well, let's all go so, so let's let's just let these let the fans know that it's actually Drew that is the big beer fan, and Steven is actually a bartender, so he knows a lot about alcohol in general, and I would say he's a beer connoisseur because he gets a shot and a beer. And it's Alex's pick right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just got gonna, notified it's my pick, so... I'm, I'm going to open some room. of the subject really quick, uh, but first of all, David... Um, His system is... Well, he's so, so what I was going to say, sorry, sorry, I made my pick. Uh, what I was going to say uh, is that I just want to group my my teams real quick into three different kinds, uh, not, not specific beers, but I have them grouped into IPAs, domesticated beers, and malt liquors. Uh, I've kind of I've kind of grouped the NFL teams into these three categories, and then you guys can like break down because you guys know right, way right. more beer flavors. So than you, me you and stuff. do so, your rankings, and I'll I'll explain mine. Stephen can explain his. And I'll just start with the IPAs because supposedly those are like the the the, the good beers. I don't like <laughs> right. those at all. Those those, those are the uh, sativas of the beer world. The sativas. That's like the up and good. All right, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. So, so IPAs. I got, I got New England, Dallas, Philly, Kansas City, New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Bears. So those are your IPAs. Those are your like those top are, shelf teams. Those are the teams that I think could contend for a Super Bowl this year. Those kind okay. of thing. You kind know what I mean? Something everyone likes to go for, and and kind of a top. Top shelf, yeah, right? Top. Different flavors here and there, but... They're usually, they're winning their division, <laughs> right, one of those right. teams. I mean, know. it's hard to walk into a brewery or bar and not order an IPA. Hey, oh, fair enough, fair enough. And, but <laughs> domestic... So, so, so All right, for, sorry. <laughs> for my domestic beers... Shots fired! Shout, shout out to uh, shout out to Miller Lite. Oh. That's my favorite domestic. But, <laughs> but I've got, like, I've got the Indianapolis Colts, I've got Baltimore, I've got Houston, Carolina, Washington, Minnesota, Cleveland, Detroit, and Oakland. Those okay. teams are kind of just like right in the middle. You're just like, what? What is this? What is going on? And then my malt liquors. These are the cheapies. These are the nasties. This is Tampa Bay, Tennessee, oh, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, <laughs> San Francisco, Seattle, Denver, Green Bay, the Jets, Buffalo, and Miami. Yeah. I love that you put some of the most historic franchises in the NFL. Well, we're talking about right now. Right? We're talking about right now. The last decade, let's talk about the Niners being crap. Oh, right, good, okay. good, good. But, but right if, you're now, if you're talking about like a, like a good aged whiskey from the 80s, the San Francisco Yeah, we're talking about beer. Okay. We're talking about beer. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about beer. So the, right now. Now they're the malt liquors. They're you know they're kind of the. Okay, I did my ratings different, but I will go yeah. with what you did. Any dis, any major disagreements and I will, non-bias. <laughs> I, okay, non-bias from San Francisco group. I will say uh, I think the Colts should be in the IPA zone versus the uh, the domestic. Now I yeah. will say this, knowing my beer, sometimes a domestic. Right? There could be a domestic that is just super freaking popular that year, and, and everyone loves it. And that's okay, but I think the Colts is a little bit more long-lasting. I think this should be in the IPA. Yeah, and section. wait, did you – so you put San Francisco, you put Seattle, and you put Green Bay in a tier below the Oakland Raiders? That's a little intense. Just, just based on how I think they're going to do this season. Okay. All right. All right. Just all based right. on that. All right. All and right. I, have to stick by, I have to stick by that because remember we said that Oakland and – uh, Oakland and Denver, or sorry, Denver, yeah, Oakland and Denver yeah. were the bottom two teams in that yeah. division. So I'm saying that, you know, 
Denver's below Oakland still, okay. so right. I have to All stick right. with my rankings. I love this rankings that you did, honestly. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. <laughs> Thank I, you. I personally did it a different way. I uh, Do you have some more to talk about? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Like Fire away, boys. Yeah, Fire yeah, away. I, Steven, go ahead. Yeah, and explain you. how you did your rankings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how I did my rankings was I I am a bartender, and I think I'm pretty good at my job. True. So, hey, first of all, Steve, yeah. I want to do Let's a shout-out. Shout out. The best whiskey sour I have ever had in my entire life comes from this man's hands. I'll so say, I will say vouch for him one maybe my favorite bartender in, in the city of Bend. I don't drink whiskey sour because I, I have a, a male private part and he but drinks but but you drink twisted teas and rain, that's so and much rain more rain and uh, okay hold on. I, and, but this guy he did speaking of male genitals he did make me a peanut butter and jelly beer type combination that was amazing it was like a peanut butter stout with like a like a boysenberry like sour oh my god we'll go good. to like random other bars that aren't even where steven works and he's like hey you guys can make a peanut butter jelly beer for me oh man he lays it out there they're like no no drew we can't i'm sorry <laughs> damn it twisted so he's well, the whole well let's take it twisted the whole moral of this story was that stevie does know what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about this will be a long podcast today <laughs> so how i did was I just picked a beer and then I'm like I thought about the beer and what it's like and how it's drinkable or how like how people think about the beer and then I picked a team based off of that so one second I do have my pick it's gonna be really quick I'm taking David all right cool David Montgomery uh, I first one I did was an American lager American lagers are kind of shitty in my opinion, but most Americans drink them drink them in large quantities, but no one really likes them, but so, they still drink them. So are we talking about the Cowboys? We are no. talking about yeah. the Cowboys! <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to go ahead and do this as a fun little game we got going on right now, where we, uh, that's your pick, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> David's pointing at Alex, like, and Alex is like, what, dude? Hey, do anything wrong? Uh, Damn um, it. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just, like, Name the beer and describe yeah. it, and I want you guys to go ahead and guess. I think I think you guys are gonna get it most yeah. of the time. Okay, cool. I like it. So, um, Ooh, yeah. so oh, yeah. I got the sour beer, right? It's great. It's really trendy, but they tart up at the end, like maybe in the playoffs they tart up. Are we talking they, about Kansas City? No, it's close, but oh. they, they, they it's not their fault that they tart up. It's just that oh, we're they, talking about the Saints. We're talking about the Saints. Oh, I raised my hand the whole time. <laughs> so uh, the next is the hazy IPAs. Super trendy, everyone's picking them, but guess what? They're really not that good, and that's why I have the Hazy IPA as, what, what would you think? Uh, Kansas City's close. I was thinking, are we talking Oakland, or are we talking Cleveland? We're talking about the, we're talking Cleveland, actually. Yeah, I like Browns. that, yeah. I like the Browns to be that, absolutely. I didn't have that one. I was going to say Chargers, but. So, <laughs> no joke. So the next <laughs> one is a stout, right, guys? Stouts are dark. They're they used to be really popular, but they've fallen out of favor now. The Patriots. Mm, okay, no, the Patriots are still <laughs> wow, in favor yeah. for everyone. We, we wish. Think about it. We dark. Wish. The Niners. The wow. dark. No, the Niners are yeah. a little bit. Don't worry right. about the Niners. Right. They're we're talking about the Raiders. All right. They're dark. They they're hard hitting. They're smooth at times. That's why I have them at that. So nice. the next one's my brown ale, right? A lot like the Raiders, but a little less falling out of favor. They've done better in recent years, but now they're just complete crap. It's kind of hard to pick. This one's a little bit difficult. Uh, it's the Giants, in my opinion. Uh, okay, okay. Right, like they're they're a lot like they had a good streak, but now they're kind of not so not so hot. And so the last exactly. Right. So the last dark beer I got is the Porter. Not not as shitty as the Stouts, right? They're a little bit better, in my opinion. A lot of people like them a little bit more. One could say like a good. Peanut butter porter? Yeah, like a peanut butter porter. Ooh. And you like peanut 
peanut butter quarters. Just only like one, only, like only one that's mixed in with a berry sour. Yeah, and you wish you had the coach or the quarterback for the Saints, Whoa. and that would mix the two. The oh point my is God. The, the Porter is the Niners. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this very the, much. They're great. <laughs> they were great back in the day, and oh, Grandpa sure likes them. Oh, <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa, <laughs> Grandpa saw me. Like, Grandpa, uh, you're talking about my dad, bro. He's in his 40s. <laughs> Alright, alright. Let's calm down. That was, that we're was not actually, talking about the Celtics. I will say that was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a pretty funny comparison. I like that one. Um, the the last uh, I've got a couple more and then yeah. I'll, I'll give it off to Drew. Go ahead. Um, IPAs I kind of did it the way Alex did. The IPAs are the best right now. They're the most popular right now. Um, and so an IPA is for right now, in my opinion, is the Eagles. They're they're really great. They're they're they've been consistently going Talking to playoffs about doing things well. That are great. It's your turn to draft. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a good pick. <laughs> and then of course the double IPA, as we all know, is the New England Patriots. So let's go, Pats! Oh, and that's gonna be this is my handoff to Drew. <laughs> okay, because we all know I'm a little biased with them. Oh, <laughs> we are. That's gross. But so what what I did was somewhat similar, but I went by. I didn't necessarily pick favorite teams. I do have the 49ers in there, but I picked uh, just kind of major teams, popular teams, controversial teams, teams that are always in some sort of uh, contention for playoffs or some sort of controversy. And I just kind of went with what I thought they were as a beer. Uh, so what I, what my very first one I have is uh, the Patriots. Okay, uh, I to me something that they. Every, like when you when someone says I like the Patriots, you instantly are like, oh god, you suck. What is wrong with you, dude? Okay, something that like no one wants, no one likes the taste of it. Nobody wants to like it. But they're but good. It, but if you have one too many of them, they will knock you on your ass straight up. The Patriots for me are a triple IPA beer. Okay, these things will <laughs> knock you out if you have one too many. And as soon as you start drinking the Kool Aid, you can't stop drinking the Kool Aid. Okay. Oh yeah. That's your worst problem is if you start being a Patriots fan, you never stop being a Patriots fan. You will. Those are my. That that, that's my Patriots. Next, I went with the Seahawks. Okay. Now you Seahawks fans, whatever you suck, but it's fine. We all like all True. teams here. Yeah. yeah. So the Seahawks to me are. <laughs> this is actually in my notes. Some kombucha bullshit <laughs> so so that alcohol alcoholic kombucha that everyone's like all into oh it's trendy it's cool we like it we wear flip-flops and we braid our hair and shit or whatever you know so guy with long long hair. Hair, but it's not braided dude okay and i'm over here drinking twisted teas and rainiers not yeah, kombucha do you drink white claws negative those things are stupid so hey. that's my that's my Seahawks hatred. But my ball. next one, my next one, I kind of slid it down a little bit. Sorry, Raiders fan, but uh, uh, that's the uh, somewhat piss warm Natty Ice. Okay, <laughs> uh, last year it was just hot summer day warm. Now they got some new people on their team. It's somewhat trendy, so they're just kind of like piss warm. Let a little me bit. stick up for you, Keaton. It is it is more like the pink grapefruit white claw. Okay? I, was, I was gonna I was gonna do like not as. Uh, not the, as the, pissed sorry, warm, the, the like, ruby grapefruit. The ruby grapefruit white claw is more like the Oakland Raiders. It's the least favorite in the party pack, but they're still in the party. <laughs> See, <laughs> my my take on them was, uh, you know, if it was colder beer, it wouldn't hurt so bad to drink. It's it's not as warm as last year because they got some new pieces, but it's still not as cold as it should be. Uh, 
And um, usually it's something you'd rather watch somebody else drink and you feel bad for whoever's drinking it. I'd rather, like, see a Raiders fan and feel bad for him than be a Raiders fan myself. Says the Niners but, fan. Well, you know huh. what? It's still better, okay? Uh, I do have the 49ers on there as the classic uh, Rainier slash PBR. Kind of, a good, <laughs> oh a, kind of a good go-to. Not really something too popular. They've had their good run once or twice, especially recently when they first came out, it was hot. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those beers that, like, when I'm sitting at one end of the bar by myself having a beer and uh, and somebody else sits at the other end of the bar having, having a Rainier and we look at... Did I auto-pick? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, you did. Shit. You Both my picks went by, damn it. So, so, but like I'm sitting at one end of the bar and I'm having a Rainier by myself and I look over and there's a dude at the other end of the bar having a Rainier by himself. We kind of do a little silent cheers and a head nod and we keep drinking. It's like if I see some guy in a 49ers jersey like... Hey, we don't need to make it public, but we know who we are. Don't worry about Douchebags. it. Douchebags. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that was intense. My other one, I only have two others on there. I'll make them quick. The Panthers, uh, just some sort of weird shitty beer that only Carolina people drink. Who really knows? I don't know. I mean, I can't say I've met a Carolina Panthers fan in my entire life. I honestly, David. Well, he's a 49ers fan. Well, first, yes. But well, that's all that matters. Well, I, mean, I, I, I like the Chargers segment, but I'm not going to say I'm a Chargers fan. All but right, right. Just, Have you anybody ever met a Carolina's fan? Carolina, Carolina <laughs> Panthers fan, honestly, straight up. Dude, that was the most combined word I've ever heard. That was awesome. Have you ever met a Carolina Panthers fan? All combined together is, have you ever met a Carolina fan? <laughs> That's all, crazy. All I'm saying is, I don't know of any outside of the state of Carolina. There's a lot of beer in Carolina that nobody there's, else really drinks. There's two fucking Carolinas. Well, the boat. You can combine them and just make it one whole weird state, okay? And they probably uh, And then the last one is the Saints. The Saints, to me, are a top-shelf IPA. Something everyone loves. It gets beat out for stupid, obnoxious reasons, and, and there's some sort of bullshit. Like, if you're at a beer festival and they're rating beers, of course, the great classic IPA that's got good grit and heart, and it's got good history, and, and it's always a favorite, never makes it, because you got some sort of weird, shitty triple IPA or some sort of weird Rams... I didn't do the Rams. We could just call them some sort of stupid blueberry malt or some shit. That's not a real beer, guys. It, it doesn't matter. They're not a real good team, so it's okay. But wow. you know it is what it is. You know, they need they need LA Dude, refs. They are an LA team, so they, they, they need LA refs to win non-LA games. So it's fine. But that that was my beer ranking. I know there's some controversy to it. Get your Rams jersey out. God damn it! I just want to throw up now. This I is love ridiculous. that. I love that you make fun of us though. So for. People who can't see, Steven just pulled out his Steven Jackson jersey, which is hilarious when you talk about, oh, the Niners haven't been good since grandpa days. Steven Jackson might as well be my grandpa, dude. That's pulling out ancient Hey, man, history. if I had he the money to buy Todd Gurley jersey, I would. He played for Atlanta yeah. as well. Todd, Todd Gurley won't be a Ram for much longer anyway. Whoa! Wow. I also have one more question, David. Yeah. Why is it you will snap and slap at Alex when it's his turn, but you just let me keep talking through both my picks? What happened? I got Marvin <laughs> fucking Jones Jr. and Lamar Miller on We'll my talk team. about this in the third in and the third segment. It's because you were you were doing good content. I didn't want to mess up your flow. That's uh, Alex was just uh, sitting over there uh, listening to us make funny jokes about uh, That's all fair. the good I, was, I do about. have one more team if you guys don't yeah, mind. No, let's go. Good. Let's go. So uh, the, 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 so the new trendy beer that started to like become like popular is barrel aged beers. Right. It's, it's starting to trend up. That's a lot like the Rams, you know what I'm talking about? Oh like, my god, dude, you suck! They're not barrel aged! They're not barrel aged! Where's the nitro? 
Who's the yeah. Nitro? The, I would say Probably the Nitro. The no, I was going to say the Nitro right now is I, the Chiefs. Really easy to put down. You can make it really dark and shitty just like their defense. But no matter how bad it is, a Nitro always makes things taste better. And right now that's what's popular. But that's my bartender is the worst thing to pour in the world. I, well, that <laughs> sucks I, to be the head coach. I would say <laughs> the Houston Texans would be the Nitro of the NFL. Oh, I don't know if they get Well, that's like fair. That. That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, Steven, it's your turn. All right, about all right. It. so we uh, that's that's our beer picks. Uh, send us in uh, teams that you think are certain beers or beers that should be associated to certain teams. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to hop into a little bit of MLB fantasy buy, sell, trade. I'm uh, type literally of thing. getting made fun of for drafting those two players I didn't even have control of. It's starting to smell like balls in here, guys, and I'm not talking Spalding, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll talk to you guys in a sec. Not Cal- all right, welcome back to Breakfast with the Boys. What we're going to do now is talk a little MLB and how some of these players affect your fantasy team. Uh, so I know, Drew, you have a couple players that you <clears throat> handed off to Alex. Uh, what were what were some of those <clears throat> players that, that you were thinking about? Yeah, so um, I've, I've got a couple here. We're going to do a little bit of buy slash sell slash trade. Uh, and so I'll start with buy. I want to bounce this off you really quick. It might seem like an obvious answer. Maybe it's not. I know he's probably very owned, but Mike Leak, pitcher for Seattle. Uh, I know most people own him. I guess you he could be in the buy section slash the trade section uh, for incoming trades or outgoing, but uh, I've gotten the impression over the last couple of weeks, one, he, he's, he's secretly, not secretly good, but he's not like a top 20 pitcher. But he's very good in the fantasy aspect. He's he gets a lot of points, and I and is there a possibility he gets traded? Well, <clears throat> so that's the thing is, he he actually had a. Uh, you guys love my draft <laughs> Son of a bitch This is bullshit no, so, so Drew This weird thing is happening In our draft And I don't know why Your settings are set up this way So Why do I have the same Y'all should, should pay attention Because every time Drew switches From the app It instantly auto drafts It isn't auto It's not waiting the two minutes If you're not on that Because I'm trying to make I tried to make my intro As short as possible <laughs> So I could get back to the app And I have the Saints DST now What yeah. the f- all right, go on, Alex. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I, <laughs> My team's trash. So, so Mike Leak is nine and eight on the year. He has a four point two five ERA and he has ninety eight strikeouts, which is which is pretty. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And he had that game where he almost had the perfect game. That, that I and I, and I loved that because I own him in my fantasy league. So <clears> I would say if 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 I were. And I don't want to tell you what to do in our league. Well, you can. But it, I play. <laughs> I play you soon. So please tell I, me what to do. If I had Mike Leak, I would try to sell right now. Just because, and that's what that's what Seattle's trying now, to do. Now, I'll be honest. I heard that three weeks ago, and I'm glad I'm hung on to him. What, and it wasn't you who told me that. Was I told that too early, or is this a, like an every couple weeks thing that we don't know when the end's going to come? This is like uh, similar to the NBA situation where the Pelicans had um, Anthony Davis, <laughs> and they kind of just waited out and waited out and right. waited out <clears throat> until. Right. Until the best the, option, the very last, yeah, okay, the very last second. So that's right. what I think. That's what okay. Seattle's doing. So, so, so I, I just I have just two more, but we can just hit them really quick. One of them, another one, I do own a pitcher, uh, Trevor Richards, Miami. Um, he he's a younger guy, and I know, I've read a little on him. I do own him, so I've read a little bit more on him. I know that. There's talks of maybe a possible trade for him. He's had really good up games and some really low, really bad low games. He hasn't, in you know, again in our fantasy baseball league, we do have a number of pitchers, but 
he's kind of one of the guys that I keep on my bench and I keep rotating in and out. So what do you think of him? <clears throat> Honestly, you've been high on him since our last buy. I have. I really have. Well, I, he was my – he was my uh, – in the beginning, he was my uh, sleeper slash uh, buy low. And then he was my kind of if you have him, hang on to him guy. And now he's my – I think you should keep buying him if he's still available. What do you think? Definitely. I see where you're coming from. But he's just a hard guy to buy into. Because he's on the Miami Marlins. He's not on a good organization right now. Um, they're not. They just traded away Sergio Romo, who's their closer. Uh, who was their closer, I should say. And uh, they're just not on a good trajectory. I, I wouldn't want to put my stock into somebody, a pitcher especially, who goes in there and they're not scoring runs, so he's not right. winning games. Yeah. Um, I, would probably, I would probably try to sell him. Or, or hang on to him and, and wait for next year. You know what <clears throat> that, I mean? That's what I'm currently doing with my team. <clears throat> but you don't, you don't necessarily think he's a – like what if somebody doesn't have him? And, again, our baseball league is a keeper league. So what if somebody doesn't have him? They see him on there and just say, shoot, uh, should I just – if I'm not going to make it to the playoffs. Should I just take him and hang on to him in case what happens? Or should I wait until the draft and just deal with what comes to me? What do you it, think? It depends. Like, if, if you have a guy like Marcus Stroman who right. just got traded right, right. to the Mets already on your team, maybe, you know, don't drop Marcus Stroman. Right, but maybe. Richards. But <clears throat> if you have, you know, Alex Wood from Cincinnati right. who just came off the DL, right. go ahead and just switch those two guys real quick and, and hang on. Hang on for next okay. year. You know what I mean? Uh, my last buy is, uh, I, and I think I might pronounce this wrong, but um, uh, Ramon uh, Loreno. Uh, he's an outfielder with Oakland. Loreano. Uh, there you go. The only reason I put him on here is because I did look at uh, the uh, highest percentage of uh, ownership in the past week on the ESPN leagues, and he's 19.1% up to 70% owned in leagues. Uh, he does have five home runs and two steals in the last 15 games. He pretty much has been hot since the All-Star break. <clears throat> is that something people should be looking for and maybe trying to hang on to, or is this kind of just a just a side effect of getting a little bit of time from the All-Star game? Honestly, dude, I <clears throat> love Ramon Laureano. Okay. This, uh, if you go on YouTube and you search up like best uh, defensive highlights from the first half of this season. Right. Ramon Laureano would probably be on there like four or five times just based on his center fielding ability. Right. Uh, he can throw anybody out at, at any base. This guy has a cannon. That's, so what, I, that's what I've heard. I feel like he got, <clears throat> I feel like he thinks he got a little bit disrespected and not being selected for the all-star game because he's had a really good season. So yeah, if you can get a hold of Ramon Laureano, go ahead and do it. I'm now, hoping while we're down in San Francisco area, we get to go and see the Oakland A's. We might, we might. We're gonna listeners will be down at San Francisco 49ers training camp next week as a reference. So there's a possibility you might be able to sneak over there one day. Giants game, A's game, one of the two. We'd be we'll, great. We'll get to you guys um, on on Sunday as we usually do though. So so that's my uh, buy list. My sell list only has two players, and my trade list has me, one. So I'm gonna just, try to make this quick. Let me just add <clears> one more to the buy yeah, list yeah. real quick, and and you can add thoughts to yeah. it. Uh, I, I don't know what the, the score is on the game right now, the Yankees and the Red Sox, but they're playing currently, and uh, I, would, I would add D.D. Gregorius to that buy list because okay. he was injured for the first like 60 games of the year, if not a little bit more. Uh, he, got, he got pulled off the, uh, the injury list, and he has just been performing. I mean, this guy, 
this guy is on the Yankees, for one, who, uh, as Aaron Boone would say, is a team full of savages out there. Um, and, and they just produce at the, at the, in the box. They just hit balls, either home runs, yeah, like either home runs or they're striking out, honestly. And it's, it's, he, he's just one of those guys that is so athletic that he, if he hits the ball, he's either getting a single double home run. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting on base. And who is this again? Didi Gregorius. Okay. So the game is over. Yankees, uh, nine, uh, Boston six. Uh, and I am seeing the Yankees have been dominating. They have, that, and I like see that uh, matchup this year. Right, Boston has not had any. Except they, they almost got swept this series, right? <clears throat> like this, they they won. They lost the last two games to the Red Sox. I I believe, but they but they did pull it out this game, and, and I they know swept the last one. Gregorius, yeah. uh, uh, he did this game. He had uh, uh, one hit, two RBIs. Let's see, uh, one. No, he he had zero strikeouts. So and and you know a bunch of other stats, but he, he was a uh, he he looked pretty good. I don't know much about him, but for you talking about him, he did have a good game today. Yeah, I mean uh, he's <clears throat> just somebody to to look at, get on your ad list, uh, get on your watched list rather, and and just keep an eye on him. Okay, Steven? You got anything for us or nothing? And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I just I don't want to cut you off if you got a clock. You're also oh, on the clock. Shit, oh, shit, I'm on the clock. Uh, yeah, you know that Stroman guy. That's a very interesting pickup, right? Marcus right. Stroman. It is, yeah. Damn it. So, so uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I, I have owned him in fantasy. In our fantasy league, every once in a while, I'll swap him out. Uh, you're welcome. I drafted him. Originally. I know. I know. But hey, dude, it's, hey, I couldn't have picked him up if you hadn't dropped him. Brother. Honestly, and the the reason why I dropped him is because his team could not produce runs right. for him. He's having a fantastic right. year as a pitcher, but yeah. his team is not producing runs, so That's he's losing games. Very similar to who's in my trade section. We'll wait a second, but I I he's one of those pitchers for me in the fantasy league that I pick up when I see a good matchup, or if it lines up with some more pitchers in my lineup. Honestly, because. Of that exact reason, you can count on some good numbers, but you can't count on a winning game. Uh, uh, Those points, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't count on winning game points. So it's maybe if I've got you know uh, uh, Garrett Cole and and, and uh, Syndergaard Thor pitching in the same ga- day, and he's on the be- he's on waiver wires, and he's pitching the same day, I'll throw him in there just to get some extra points. I'm not going to count on him for the full thirty or whatever because maybe team won't win. Well, that won't happen anymore because now Stroman and Thor are on the I know, same team. I know, but that was previous to that. That's right. maybe I th- that's why I put him in there as an example. I could toss them all in at the same time, but it's not like that anymore. And and so now it's kind of. I don't know what the Mets are doing, really. I, I was going to ask you that. What are they doing? Because they do have like a top pitcher. I don't know. Stroman's maybe. I don't. I don't consider him like a top fifteen or maybe. I don't know if he's ranked in the top twenty. Again, I'm a casual baseball fan, but I do know he is a great pitcher. What are they thinking? Do you think with adding him to to Syndergaard's lineup too? Uh, the the funny thing is literally during this week this past week I think I was like on Thursday or Friday the on the ESPN ticker on the bottom it said Mets are shopping Noah Syndergaard really yeah so, so what I didn't they, even know that what do they do they trade away their top or it was like it was two of their top ten prospects I, I think it was the four and the six prospect respectively right. on their list right but it's a right handed pitcher and a left handed pitcher so they trade away two of their top young pitchers for another pitcher wow as they were shopping another pitcher. 
Like as they were shopping Syndergaard. And they're shopping Syndergaard. So, so I mean, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know if they're trying to find he, a replacement for Syndergaard as they trade him or or what. But I'll tell you what it is. is what is what's up? It's it's a big fu middle finger to the Yankees. Is it this? They have a new GM there. It's all about the new GM saying, "Hey, I'm going to pick up a great guy that I'll have for control over for two years, I believe, what it is. Next year he'll go into arbitration. The year after that he could be a free agent. Correct. Correct. Um, so, and I was literally listening to this on the way here, or else I would not know what I'm talking about at all. I do not know baseball, guys. Um, but I think it's just a big middle finger to the Yankees to say, "Hey, we got we know your guys is your uh, bullpen's garbage." Yeah. Uh, your starters are good, but your bullpen's obviously scared. They let up a bunch of runs in this Red Sox series, and even more in the Twin series. It looks like their pit, like their bullpen's not playing very well, and we all know that bullpens are important. In baseball, they are right. Like <clears throat> honestly, they've let up seventy runs in the past seven days, which is an MLB. That's a record. Record for only like twenty. They only scored thirty or something like that. Twenty or thirty. Runs. I don't know how much they scored, but they allowed seventy runs in which seven days. Which is a days, crap time. And twenty of those runs were home runs. Jesus. So I mean, people are hitting off of these guys, and it's not good for them. No, no not at all. Not one bit. And and so. My only other thought on that is maybe they're trying to sure up their games, you know, setting up Syndergaard uh, on an opposite schedule as him, if it's possible. Again, I don't know. You'd have to correct me if that's not a realistic thing or not. Um, well, I mean, they're still 12 games out of the wild card spot, so I don't know why they're trading. It'd be like if <clears throat> it'd be like. I don't. I don't know what it'd be like. It'd be like if it, if, it, if a non-playoff team, if the Buccaneers traded for like Drew Brees, yeah, and that would never happen. But I'm but just saying, would, like, but you're kind of wondering what's going on like, there. There's you, not a lot of time a, left on one clock, but the other clock you need to hurry up and yeah, it make I get it. Uh, so we can we can buzz through this quick. Um, the I have two cells. I'll just send them quick. And you can give me your opinion on them. Uh, Blake Snell. I have as a cell. Uh, I personally sold him for Syndergaard. Uh, and then Austin Riley, Atlanta third baseman. He also does some outfield, uh, and he seems to be losing more time um, on the field to mostly Adam Duvall, and, and it just the production has not been great. So and I don't know if you know much about it. Uh, I've just done a little bit of research on him for Atlanta, and it just it's uh, he did and start with somewhat of an injury. It wasn't anything big, but then he came back. Production wasn't great, and he keeps losing time. If you don't have much on him, is there something about maybe that position, a third baseman slash outfielder, with it? He, I believe it was an elbow injury. That so probably goes pretty quick. He's been playing outfield mainly because Josh Donaldson is their third baseman. Mm-hmm. I I really like his 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 ceiling. You know, it's right. very high for me, especially with that offense with Ronald Acuna Jr. and with. Ozzy Albies and and Josh Donaldson. I really like what he could do, so I would hang on to him. He wouldn't be somebody that I would trade away. Okay, even though he's losing slight production to Adam Duvall. Right, and Adam Duvall's been there, done that. He's a a seasoned pro. I don't know what his contract situation's like, so I don't know if he's going to be there next year or what's going to happen. But uh, Austin Riley is is a young talent that I don't think I could get rid of yet. Okay, okay. Uh, and, And Blake Snell... Again, he's a, he's a top pitcher, but he's he went. I drafted him, and I think in the first couple weeks he was in the top fifteen to top twenty, and now he's in the. I I don't quote me on this, but last time I checked, he's in the um, forty to sixty range as far as ranked for for starting pitchers, 
it was just a, a open door for me, right? One of the player, one of the other managers in our league, uh, offered offered Syndergaard and another backup pitcher for him. The backup pitcher ended up getting a broken something broken and ha- is on the sixty day injury list. But I did get Syndergaard for him, and now Syndergaard's just performing great for me. So I think I think that trade worked out great. Uh, uh, or my sell of him worked out great. Now for in the trade section, if possible, I don't know if it, this is why I put him in the trade section. I don't know if it's better as a trade away or trade for uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, my boy of my San Francisco teams. Um, he's I feel like one of the one of those pitchers that is a great pitcher, but on the team that doesn't provide a lot of. Uh, Runs, runs. Right, yeah, right, scores. And, and so, so honestly, he's more of a uh, a player that's getting shopped around in real life right, than, that's, than right. he is in, in the fantasy world because there's just better pitchers out there than Madison Bumgarner in fantasy terms. Right. In, in terms of dominating a game, dominating uh, the box, what I mean by dominating the box is intimidating the batter. Okay. Um, drawing out the the plate appearance, and then he ends up winning that plate appearance. Right. Uh, up until today, I'm pretty sure he had one of the lowest ERAs in the last seven days, or since the All-Star break, rather. Right, right. Um, which is why he's been garner- garnering so much attention, because people are like, well, the Giants have a really good pitcher, but they're a really bad team, so right. what are they going to do? <clears throat> are they going to sell him, or are they going to keep him? Right. And they decided that they wanted to keep him. Because they ended up, did they did sell it, because there was a lot of talk of Bumgarner, a dirty bum going to uh, the Twins, and who did they, they end up sending somebody else to him? Uh, I'm blanking on his name now, but the Giants sent a different starting pitcher to the Twins instead of Bumgarner. I have and no idea. I know that the Twins have been searching for. I, I I have to look it up, and we're doing this mock draft. And I apologize, listeners. Mock draft, so. Oh well, I guess I'm not doing the mock draft. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, my team drafted, well, and my friends love me. We're about to get into our. We know, are, but I, I'm just. I'll say really quick. In my notes, I do have might be time to trade or trade for. Depends on where he goes. If he, he's a pitcher, in my opinion, like you said, he's not the best pitcher. He might be the best pitcher on that team, but he's not the best pitcher. So, uh, I'll give me a quick, uh, a quick idea uh, or thought on. Uh, Best pitcher on the team, but not best pitcher in the league, going to a better team, and best pitcher on the team, not best pitcher in the league, going to a worse team. Obviously, those are easy answers, but just give me your analysis of what if he goes to a what if he goes to a, a Dodgers or or or, like or a, a Houston or something. Let's compare these two. Yeah. Because Marcus Stroman did just get moved. Right. And Madison Bumgarner has yet to get moved. Right. All right, so so Marcus Stroman was on the Toronto Blue Jays, and he got moved to the New York Mets, who are 12 games out of the wild card spot. Right. I don't really think Stroman's ability is going to change that team's trajectory. Does yeah. that make sense? Yep. Now, if Madison Bumgarner stays on the Giants, I don't think his he's going to be able to change that team's trajectory either. Right. He hasn't been able to so far. Right. If he was to go to a Yankees, if he was to go to... Or a Mets. No. No? Nope. The Mets are... What I'm saying is the Mets are out of playoff contention. That's why I don't get why they traded for a good pitcher. If he was to go to a Yankees, a Red Sox, a Twins, he would... Someone in contention. Yes, exactly. He would instantly make that team a World Series contender, if not a World Series uh, fan favorite. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 
Um, so it just depends on what they do. We'll have to get back to, to we you will, guys and on, we can go over Sunday. it later. Maybe maybe a couple couple following weeks. Uh, but uh, that that seems like a player to me. And I'm not trying to be a homer here for the for the Giants, but he's a good enough pitcher that if he goes to a team that that does have a lot of a lot of good hits and, and, and a great batting team, it could change the game. It could change his fantasy outlook. Versus if he goes to a team that is willing to, a team that's lower, right? Because that's not uncommon to go to a team that's not in contention, that doesn't have a great, uh, a, a great standing, but they're willing to trade for him and, and give some picks back to San Francisco. That wouldn't be so great and so hot for his fantasy outlook. I agree. If he was to go to like Kansas City or something, or something, right, where they're out of it, but yep. but they're oh, we just want somebody to fill a gap for a couple years. Maybe we have a prospect that's coming up in two years. We want Bumgarner to fill. Okay. Perfect. Well, that's Sweet. all. That's all I had as far as my buy seller trade. Awesome. Sweet. That was that was a good segment, guys. Uh, much love to to Drew for digging into a bunch of players there for us to talk about today. Uh, we're gonna take our second break when we come back. NFL fantasy mock draft analysis. So tune in for that. Sure. Welcome back to Breakfast with the Boys. So we, uh, over kind of the first uh, big chunk of this podcast, we're fantasy mock drafting. Did you just call uh, me fat? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Big chunk. Um, big chunk, baby. Uh, so we... That was my name in high school. What up? Uh, <laughs> they so we, cupcakes, so that's all right. <laughs> we, uh, we ran a 16-team PPR uh, mock draft, just a basic one on ESPN. So one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end flex, defense kicker, and some bench players. Uh, so we went through uh, just to kind of see like where players were at, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'd love to get your guys' opinion here on some of these round one guys. You can talk about your player too, but here's how it went. Alex is, get, Alex is giving me the hold I'm on I'm just giving him the hold on signal because I kind of want to structure this a little bit. So how about... David, you question Drew about one of his players. Drew, you question me about one of my players. I question Steven about one of his players, and he questions you about one of his players. And we just kind of round one, round two, and we'll just do a couple of rounds of this. Right. Well, and I was, uh, I, I'm interested too what some of you guys think about some of the, I mean, I know we drafted with what, 12 other kind of dweebos probably. Right. A bunch of idiots picking kickers and Matt Ryan way too early. Uh, so we'll talk about some of that too. But um, so. Let's see, Drew, you had pick 15, um, so we'll just kind of cruise through here just to kind of help people out real quick. Round one was uh, Barkley, Kamara, Elliott, Bell, Thomas, Johnson, McCaffrey, Adams, Hopkins, Gurley, Jones, Kels, Hill, Gordon, and then Drew, you picked James Conner. Just talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you're going into a draft, especially late in the draft, yeah, what, what you're looking at and why you went with James Conner when you have other guys like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, some other receivers and stuff in there. Uh, so when, and I, we all got to pick our draft position and I decided to pick in the back half. I specifically like me personally, everyone has their own draft strategy. I specifically like being in the bottom th- four, three or the top four, three, uh, round somewhere in there. Uh, and so I chose, uh, I chose 15 and out of 16. And so what I do is I look for. Uh, what 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 is there a plentiful of in this draft? And in my personal opinion, in fantasy, uh, fantasy world, there's a lot of wide receivers in in this draft. Uh, for everybody, there's a whole lot of wide receiver options between the rookie wide receivers this year, the wide receivers from last year, the 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 year three wide receivers, and a bunch of wide receivers that play second fiddle to all these top wide receivers that everybody wants. Uh, and so. 
I decided to go with a running back at, at 15 with James Conner, only because I know I can load up with running back in the first and second and then come back to wide receiver in the in the third, fourth, fifth, or sixth and still be happy with the wide receivers I have. So I decided to go with James Conner in that first pick. One, because he was... I liked the running back quality of that was there. I did have other wide receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, OBJ was there, yeah. and, uh, and who else? Antonio oh, Juju Brown was, was there. there. Juju was there. Uh, all these other guys were there. Keenan Allen was there. Again, I feel like wide receiver is plentiful in this 2019 fantasy draft. I want to go with a running back so I can sure that up. Nice. I'm always a fan of the three-headed running back monster anyways that's that's been my my shtick my go-to I always like to have at least two but preferably three good running backs in fantasy football so with my first pick the six overall pick I took David Johnson and mainly that's because the team right before me at pick number five took Michael Thomas that was those two players were on my cue for that first pick it was either Michael Thomas or David Johnson and that's just because I believe that both of those guys have volume, they've had production in the past, and they are going to get the the volume again. Right. You know what I mean? They're going to get the targets, they're going to get the the majority of the carries, the plays are designed for those guys. And so uh, since Michael Thomas was off the board, I took David Johnson. Him being in that offense with Kyler Murray, he's yeah. going to be a safety blanket for Kyler. He's going to be the... The Dwayne Washington in the Texas Tech system right. when Cliff Kingsbury was coached there that got yeah. over 1,500 yards rushing, and that's Dwayne Washington, who's on the Oakland Raiders now. Yeah, but also in, like, what is it, the Big 12? Do they even, like, start defenses in the Big 12? I didn't know that was a thing. That's fair. I mean, that's true. They they do run it up in the Big 12. It's Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. You know what right. I mean? There's high-scoring offenses there. That That's... Coaching, too. You know, Lincoln Riley is a fantastic offensive mind that the NFL would love to have. Right. So I'm just saying, that, and, and, and the NFL did get Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury this year. Yeah. And so he's kind of he's kind of going to bring that Big 12 offense, right. offensive feel to the NFL. So yeah. I, f- I feel like David Johnson's really going to get the opportunities yeah. there. I'm stoked that he fell and, to me at six. And, and I, I'm, I'm curious, too, because so you passed on somebody that Stephen and I, I don't think... There's any way in hell for me, but I would have passed on McCaffrey for David Johnson. And it sounded like in the break, Stephen was kind of questioning that choice also. So I'm curious, sell me on David Johnson. Why, if I see two guys, these two guys, why I should pick David Johnson over Christian McCaffrey? The reason why I did it is because that Christian McCaffrey is on a Panther squad that is in a division that I feel is a lot harder hmm. to win right now right. than than the division that the that that the Cardinals are in because right. the Cardinals are with the Seattle Seahawks. I understand they're with the Rams, but they're also with the Niners. Yep. And so the the Niners, the Seahawks, and the and the, uh, sorry, the Niners, the Seahawks. And the Cardinals are kind of all in the same boat, if you ask me. Right. And I know I would say the weakest part of the Rams defense is kind of that like that middle section. Uh, I mean, okay, Aaron Donald is there, and I don't want to like discredit that. But if you look at like their middle linebackers, who else is playing in that kind of middle defensive line? 
Yeah, and you, then got, you, got, you, got, you got Samson Ebucam as like yeah. your highlight linebacker, and like and they did lose Indominus Sue yeah. for the Rams, which uh, you know while Donald is the number one piece, you can't deny that Sue being on the other side allowed a lot of yeah. opportunity for Donald. Go well, on. I mean Donald did produce before Sue was there right. too, so yeah. I'm just saying. He did, but it's and not I'm not so talking much. about fans. I'm just saying it, it goes to your point about David Johnson that in the NFC West, I think it, it might be easier to run in the NFC West. It's just my, a little bit more. My only question between the two is that I feel like in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, there's also going to be like six fantasy-relevant receivers in Arizona, and Christian McCaffrey oh. Christian McCaffrey might be the only fantasy-relevant receiver in uh, Carolina. What about so, D.J. Moore? I know De- yeah. I know Devin Funches yeah. just went down. Well, yeah. Yeah. we'll talk about I mean, D.J. Moore in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Stephen, Steven, you were at nine, so uh, honestly, kind of the elite running backs went, uh, Michael Thomas went, and then I actually drafted Devontae Adams right before you at eight. So, uh, I mean, it seems kind of like a shoe-in pick, but I heard these guys talking about, you know, running backs over receivers. Why'd you pick a guy like Nuke when you had some potentially elite running backs sitting there? Well, I, for me, I, I am a big Rams fan. I love Todd Gurley, but I didn't see a guy that I felt comfortable taking with in the top 10. Yep. Uh, I couldn't take Melvin Gordon. I don't know what's going on with his contract situation. Um, beyond that, James Conner seemed a little high to me. I think they're going to lean more on their other receivers out there. Deontay Johnson, as well as some of their other guys they have out there. Obviously, James Washington. Uh, James Washington. is Obviously, Juju. Um, and they just seem like more of a passing team. I think James Conner is going to have a great year. And I know Drew drafted at 15. If I was at 15, I'd be taking James Conner. But where I was sitting, there was no running back I could feel comfortable taking. And so Nuke is a guy who consistently puts up big numbers. Yeah. Arguably, he's the best receiver. Maybe not fantasy-wise, but he might be the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And I like him in that offense where they just don't have a running back. Lamar Miller isn't that great. They're going to throw it to Nuke a lot, and that's what they do out there. And arguably one of the best fantasy wide receivers. Well, I mean, exactly. there's no question. Uh, he's up there. I think that was a great pick on you. If I was where you were at, I'd take him too. And again... Uh, we all have our different strategies, but if I was in the top four versus the bottom four, I'd play a whole different role. I if a lot of different wide receivers out there, I'd probably go that route. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't take Julio. I couldn't didn't feel comfortable with Tyree Kill or Travis yeah. Kelsey. The both those guys in that offense, yeah. you just don't know yeah. who they're. Especially Kansas City offense, they like to. Some weeks they're just going to target one player because they target the weak points. Yeah. And they do such – Andy Reid is a genius. They're the new New England Patriots offense. You really don't know who you want to own. Right. Yeah. From a fantasy perspective. Because one, yeah. one week they could go off and one week you could have Travis Kelson get two points. Dude, and yeah. then like, happens too much. Rex Burkhead goes off for 30 and you're like, yeah. dude, what? Yeah. I have Sony Michelle and James White and yeah. Rex Burkhead goes off? And what? what? What position were you at, Stephen, in the draft? At nine. He I was, was at nine. nine. If, if – if DeAndre Hopkins is there at nine, I'm taking him at, at all seven days of the week. Yep, and that's I took Devontae Adams at eight pretty much for the same reason. I feel like if you're in the middle of the first round, pretty much everybody's going to go those elite running backs. Yep. And, like, yeah, you could go with – I mean, Todd Gurley scares me. Melvin Gordon scares me. On that me, note, James I would Conner. not take Gurley until round two. Yeah, and, and it's – and so – yeah, like you just pick, take a receiver, take the people that the other people aren't getting. What's the the one you always do? You only be either want to be first or last. Mm-hmm. So you can't be the team that's picking the best running back. Be the team that picks the best receiver. Yep. Um, I have a couple questions for you guys on that. Just a quick yes or no. You're in the back half of a of a draft. You're in those like ten to sixteen spots. Just quick, we'll just go right around. Do you pick Todd Gurley in the first round at like ten through sixteen? Uh, Drew says no. If I'm 
14, 15, 16, yes. If I'm below that, no. Steven. I agree with Alex on this one. Awesome. All right. Travis Kels, you're in 10 through 16. Do you pick Travis Kels in that spot? If I'm in 15 or 16, still no. Okay. Doesn't matter where I'm at, I'm drafting them. Yep. I, I, I hate to agree with Alex over and over again, but yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I nice. All right. And then uh, Melvin Gordon, are you guys taking him at all in the first round? I am. Uh, though, and before you answer, I'll give a quick one. I don't care where he goes. If the offensive line is is somewhat decent, top running back, Alex, go. So the thing is, is that he's not going anywhere. Is the, the Chargers are going to keep him no matter what. It's if he wants to play or not. Yeah. It's literally right. maybe on Bell situation all over again. So I am not willing to risk that because Melvin Gordon is willing to risk that. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah. If, if I have if I have a first round draft pick and I know that guy is supposed to be, I'm leaning on him now. I don't take him. Risk okay. too much risk for me. All right, sweet. So we're gonna hop into the second round here. I'm just gonna list off the names and then we're just gonna we're just gonna go through some of these real quick. So in the second round, we did uh, Stephon Diggs, uh, Drew pick Joe Mixon, Antonio Brown, Matt Ryan, ODB, Nick Chubb. Juju Smith, Steven picked Zach Ertz, I picked uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, uh, Alex picked Leonard Fournette, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Carrion Johnson, and George Kittle. Uh, for me, there's one that is really out of place, and I know uh, it's mock, so you can, you know, chalk it up to hopefully people being idiots, but I do want to talk about it. It's not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is not the quarterback I'm taking in the <laughs> second round, but if... <laughs> Again, we'll just go around. Would you take a quarterback in the second round of a PPR draft? And if you would, who are you taking? Uh, I wouldn't take one. The only reason I would, and this is kind of a rabbit hole, is uh, keeper slash dynasty. But I really wouldn't take one. If I am going to take one, it's of the Patrick Mahomes, Sam Darnold, Whoa. Uh, wow. uh, yeah, that type. Well, I mean, that type of range. I'm not, yeah. I, again, it's, it's, I, I have never drafted a quarterback in the second round in any format whatsoever. Yeah. So I can't say specifically, but it, they'd have to be young and they'd have to be good and they'd have to have uh, a longevity at the position they're at. And again, the only reason I do it is in Keeper or Dynasty. So they need longevity and they need to be good. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not doing it. All right, Alex, you're in the second round. Are you taking a quarterback? And if you are, is it Matt Ryan? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Neither. I'm not taking a. I'm not taking a quarterback, and it's not going to be Matt Ryan. So where, uh, what round three. would you become three? Three. You take if you're like in the middle of round three picking. Anytime. You take Patrick Mahomes. Any time. Number three. one pick in round three. You yep. see Patrick Mahomes. You're taking it. Uh, yep, and that's pretty much what I got to do because mm-hmm. I did take Pat Mahomes in round three, but I had the twenty seventh pick in round two and then I also had the 38th round pick yeah, in so, round three. So you basically you got him like kind of front middle of round three. Exactly so so for me I, I like to go running back receiver round one running yeah. back receiver round two and then you can pick your quarterback. If if like the potential number one quarterback is sitting there in round three you're hopping on that for Absolutely. Sure. All right Steven you're in round two you're picking are you picking a quarterback no. and if you pick are you picking back? No. Round? When are you picking your first quarterback? Mm, I think I picked my first quarterback in round four. I, mean, I think that's the earliest that's I still, take. That's still high. I, no, I didn't even take him in round four. I think I took him in round five, I guess. Um, I, I don't. I, I want to sure up two. And I want to sure up I took round five. Yeah. I want to sure up at least one running back spot. Two, either two of 
I want to fill out my tight end position because I believe yep. there's only about three elite tight ends there in this is, league. Big three. So I want to fill in my tight end position. That's why I took Zach Ertz as high as I did. Yep. To me, he puts up receiver numbers. I want to take two receivers or two running backs, depending on how the draft fills out. And then around five, I'm willing to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The only guy that's an exception was uh, a guy that that Alex drafted was in Pat Mahomes. And yeah. I think in round three, I would never draft a quarterback in round two. I don't care who it is. I'm not drafting a quarterback. Yeah. And, that's, in and you and you and me went back to back in uh, round five. At 72, I took Andrew Luck, and at 73, you took Carson Wentz. And I would have um, took Andrew Luck if he was there, but Carson Wentz is going to have an MVP yeah, season, so. baby. All right, so uh, hopping into round three here real quick. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Derrick Henry, Julian Edelman, Patrick Mahomes uh, by Alex, A.J. Green. I took Marlon Mack. Steven took Cooper Cup, James White, Brandon Cooks, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, Drew took Evan Ingram and Kenny Galladay. Anybody sticking out there to you guys as a steal or a reach in that round three group? I, I want go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want before you break it break down. I just want to know why you took Marlon Mack so early. If if he wasn't healthy last year, like he wasn't, yeah. and then they also have Naheem Hines, who they yep. like to feature in that passing role. Yep. So why'd you take him in the third round? Yep. So because uh, the draft. So I don't pick a draft strategy when I start. Uh, I just kind of see where the draft comes to me. And what happened is all the elite running backs went, so I went receiver in round one. Then in round two, uh, to me, I wasn't willing to take the guys who were kind of left, so I went Keenan Allen. So I have two receivers, so in round three, I basically feel like I have to pick the best running back. So I took Marlon Mack over, like, James White, Aaron Jones, Tariq Cohen, uh I think maybe Damian Williams would have been worth the pick there, uh, but I went Marlon Mack just because, to me, of the running backs potentially outside of Damian Williams in that group, he's the one most likely to be a feature back, uh, and I was willing to take that risk in round three. Had I not taken Pat Mahomes, would you have considered him at your pick there? No. And the reason, and so I would not fault anybody for taking Patrick Mahomes in round three. Uh, I'm just a firm believer that you can win with mid-round quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think you can win with mid-round running backs. So I had Patrick Mahomes been there, I probably still would have taken Marlon Mack uh, just because that position is so shallow. Um, and, like, again, I took Marlon Mack at three and took uh, Andrew Luck at five. Had I taken uh, Patrick Mahomes at round five, you're looking at running backs like Darius Geis, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Lamar Miller, and I'll take Marlon Mack over all those guys. And I still day. can't believe Darius Geis is going in round five. That, it, to me, that is just too early. It is. Way, way too, too early. early. Way too early. Yeah, that dude's got happened that last dude year. has injuries. That's what happened last year. Everybody was taking him around three, four, but five. But, and that, but that's the thing. And it's like, okay, so he's a he's a you know brand new rookie. Right? A lot of the rookie running backs went super early. But guys. One got injured, never got to really play. We don't know what to expect yet. I, I To me, it's just too uncertain to be round five. And honestly, you're the only one out of us four that knows what it's like to have reconstructed knee surgery. And, and so, and you and know... Mine wasn't like even the, that bad. Oh, yeah. in, compa- in comparison, in comparison. Well, I mean, you tore your ACL and you a bunch of shit. And patella so tendon. You had right. to have a bunch of surgery and right. you had to, you know, rehab. What I'm saying is like... As an NFL running back, do you yep. really want to draft somebody that just came off of that kind of injury? Yes, and because Marlon Mack looked like an animal in the last half of, of last year, right. those like the last 10 weeks, 
he looked like somebody who could be a top 10 fantasy running back. And I'll take that in round three. I'll take a gamble on that. And one thing I'll add to your note, uh, David, you probably already thought of this, but um, a running back on a team that is such a strong offense with a quarterback that doesn't pull that crazy wild running shit. That is one reason I'll take – when as soon as you brought it up, I'll take Mac over Damian uh, Williams strictly because we – while – Patrick Mahomes will go with the flow. He could pull anything out of his hat, and that's what makes him such a great, wild quarterback. Andrew Luck, we're not going to see pull off a 20-yard run. Not very, one bit. Very not one and bit. And I do. And I would trust the running back on that team for fancy pro- fancy purposes more than I trust the fan- the running back on the team of the quarterback that's younger, more wild, could pull something out of his hat for fancy purposes only. Yeah. And so, Alex and Steven, I have a question for both of you guys. Damian Williams going in round four, how do you feel about that? Because I feel like that Kansas City offense is going to be explosive. And you're talking about their likely number one running back. Basically, as a gamble in round four, how do you guys feel about where he's being drafted kind of ADP-wise? Well, I mean, they obviously didn't feel comfortable with the fact of losing Kareem Hunt at that running back position, so they drafted Darwin Thompson, who is a... D'Anthony Thomas kind of guy out of mm-hmm. the Utah State. Um, I just, I don't, what do you think, Steven? Like, I just, I don't really know how to, I just really feel like they're going to be able to sprint. Andy Reid is so good at game plan that you yeah. can just target those weak spots in your defense and just exploit that. So, like, Nicole Hardman, right. you know what I mean? He could be an, an explosive player this year for two games, but one in week two and one in week 16. So, so you're comfortable then with letting Damian Williams just slide down the board and you're cool taking other running backs. Absolutely. I, I agree with Alex. I think it's just too much of a, a like their offense. Damian Williams is going to end up with 1,000 yards and 600 yards catching. But guess what? That's going to be spread out in random sporadic t- games. He's going to have a 200. I guarantee he has a 200-yard game with 100-yard catches and 100-yard running. And then, but that's not going to be consistent. So then, fifty-six no. in the next game. Yeah, yeah. and you're going to be like, "What's going on?" At, okay. I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and I, some people can rock. Some people can rock with that in fantasy. Like some people yeah. like those. Uh, they, they they play the boom weeks. Yeah. So they they're like, "All right, I bet that Damian Williams is going to have a hundred yards rushing and hundred yards catching this week." They play him, and then they drop him for somebody for. Uh, uh, Ronald else. Jones right. from, from Tampa Bay. If you drop him for Ronald Jones, good luck. Hey. But I get your point, and it's I agree with you 100%. I'm not one of those people that can predict the hot and the colds with these you know crazy strategic offenses. So I like to stick with the sure thing. And, and so I agree with you 100%. As, uh, is Damian Williams, I see people taking him. I see him going early in the rounds. I'm okay, David, to let that one slide on my personal opinion. There's a lot of other depth out there. Dude. Not a lot, but there's other depth I'd much rather invest in than a guy that could possibly just be a hot backup. What happens if next year he's dead? And again, this is a keeper slash yeah. redraft. But what if this year something changes? What yeah. if he gets hurt? What if Carlos Hyde provides that's, better that's what help? I was just yeah. about to say, don't then you don't know. Don't yep. forget, you guys. You guys coming as Niners fans should know. You got Carlos Hyde, you got Carlos right Hyde there. there, and he and has he, games where no, he shows out, and he's like, he's no slouch. There you are. Yep. And yep. then he has other games where you're like, um, where the hell is Carlos Hyde? And that yep. those are the games where Damian Williams right. can step up. Yeah. All right. So uh, another thing that I want to touch on is we're kind of cruising through here. So in this draft, the top defense went in round six at pick number eighty-five. It was the Chicago Bears. So again, just kind of round table here. 
Are you picking a defense at round six? Is that defense Chicago? No, no, and no. So, Drew, when are you picking defenses? I'm not picking defenses till closer to the end uh, because there are so many defenses out there that provide different uh, aspects of their defense, right? Especially if you're, bless you, especially if you're picking in a, in a, you know, a regular offensive centric uh, yeah. draft, no, no, no IDP. You can pick a defense. Like I was just talking to Steven about off mic. Uh, I don't know where the Dallas Cowboys defense went or the Eagles defense went, but I would much rather take those two defenses in a division where they play those other two teams twice a year that have so far horrible offenses, uh, quarterbacks that are either in and out with rookies or 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 no pass or a horrible passing game. I'd much rather take that defense than reach in what was this round six? six. Round six for a Chicago defense that has changed out some of its key players uh, and and like I said in the last podcast, a defensive centric. Um, division yeah. where they have a lot to battle with. You're going up against Aaron Rodgers. You know you're going up against Kirk Cousins. You have so many other defenses you could pick in the back half of the draft. Yeah. This isn't even back half. No, this is front half. This is so. front half. And, and there's so many other defenses you could pick uh, and get better value. I think this is just a uh, shitty pick by a scrub. Yep. Okay, Alex, you're in round six. Are you picking a defense? Is it the Bears? If it's not, when are you picking a defense? No, I'm not picking a defense in round six, but if I was going to pick a defense, it would probably be the Bears. Uh, because I know this has never you, happened. Because you believe in their ability right. to match that I've level. never. It has never happened that the number one defense has finished the number one defense two the years in The following year, yeah. Correct. Not even, not even, uh, not even the Seahawks when no, they had those no, that dominant no. defense. They it's a fantasy defense. They couldn't do it. Right, and I believe that they have added more pieces to this defense, and they're going to be able to contend to be that number one defense. If okay, so top three, but I I choose to believe that they right. can be number one. Okay, but, so but you so, wouldn't pick them in. To, but I would in not pick them around six. So where would you? So you're like you go into a draft. You want the Bears defense. You think they're going to be number one. Where are you comfortable taking that defense? And that's the thing is because this was a this was a sixteen team league, right. and and the defense went at eighty five. Yeah. That went so early that it forced everybody else to kind of just like yep. what the and I took my defense last. That was my last pick. Yep. But. If I was to no no defense had gotten picked in round six, I probably would have grabbed the Bears in like nine or ten. Okay, you know what I mean. That's yep. that's after all of my skill position players have been filled out and all of their backups have been filled out. Yep, running back and receiver. Yep, and quarterback. Yep. All right, Steve-O, how are you Man, feeling about this? Alex and I just today are like we're a, <laughs> we're a lot alike in our in our answers. Um, I would probably take a de- oh first off, I would never take a defense in the sixth round. I mean, it's just not intelligent when you have a lot of positions to still fill, right. especially in PPR. There's just so many positions that you have to still fill. Um, but for me, I would draft a defense in around ten to eleven, right where Alex said um, the Bears would definitely be on the top of my list. Yeah, right behind it, I got there's other defenses drafted, but I really believe in the Eagles defense again this year. I think they're gonna put up big numbers, and they got. I mean, let's see all these other teams. The Patriots got drafted before them. The Broncos, the Colts, the Chargers, the Rams, Saints, Bills, the Vikings, Vikings the Browns, the Bills, the Jags, the Rams. And the Eagles with a easier division, in my opinion. I know it's going to be competitive. It always is. But they're not going to be high-scoring. Easier, easier offensive yes, division. Yes, exactly. Like, they're not going to be put... The, 
They have a new quarterback with the Redskins. They're not putting up big numbers. No. Nope. The Giants are let's just they're the Giants. Yep. They're not putting up anything. And the only team that you think maybe can give them fits is the Dallas Cowboys. And all the Dallas Cowboys do is run the ball. I and I agree with you 100. Um, I think one one thing I'll I'll agree with you. I won't disagree with you, but I will agree with you. If you are wait, that, wait what? Well, because I agree that you should pick a, a defense that is a great defense in a in a division that has bad offenses. But if you're in a uh, you know a non IDP league, I don't even know what you call that anymore because that's all we're in anymore. <laughs> but if you're in if you're in a, a defense or in a league, a division that has uh, bad defenses or bad offenses, I also like picking. A defense that has a somewhat shitty uh, offense. I like picking, yeah. uh, you know, with bad quarterbacks or, or, or somewhat a bad offensive line. Right. Because then that defense is constantly on the field. Yeah. And you don't have to so much worry about turnovers or, or what defensive player, linebackers, D-line, edge rushers, safeties. The stuff that if you're in an IDP league, you have to kind of more worry about that stuff. So I just... If you're in a standard uh, offensive only league, I think uh, I think those yeah. kind of defenses are the ones you're looking for. Ones yeah. with a division that has bad offenses, and possibly if it's the right situation, a team that has somewhat of a bad offense. Yeah. All right. So before we hop into the NFC South, no analysis, no data. People can hit us up if they want more. Give me the one person that you are looking for late in drafts. Oh, me first. Uh, or we, we can go Steven me, first, too. Yeah, want. let's go Steven because right. I have a lot let's, of answers. Let's, I just, just give me <laughs> one, I just want a name. Give me one name of somebody you're looking for late in, in, a, in a draft right now. Um, actually, it's a guy who you drafted, uh, Ben Watson, I think. Yeah, Ben Watson. Tight end in New England. Yeah, tight end in New England. Uh, you oh. drafted him in the 13th round. I think it's a steal. I think that guy's going to be my a backup top. tight end. Yeah, I think he's going to be – as a backup tight end, is even better. But I think he's going to put up some big numbers. The other guy, I'm just going to give you a second name because – why not? Is uh, Nicole Hardman? Uh, I think if you're gonna take a you're gonna take a flight risk, Tyreek Hill. You just don't know what's gonna happen with him. Uh, he's already had some legal troubles, and yeah, I know they're looking to extend him. But I think this guy's got a lot of speed, and he's one of those guys that if you have the right matchup, and Tyreek Hill's getting guarded by a number one receiver, he's gonna be the guy who just gets all the touches. So that's what I would look for. So then my late round guy, I actually I actually got him in round fourteen, and this could be just be a little bit biased. But it's I, I really believe that it's not because I would draft him every time in round fourteen. Yep. CJ Uzoma. Yeah, because he could be the yeah. starting tight end he's, for Cincinnati. He's going to be. And you got him in fourth round fourteen. Round that's fourteen. That's crazy. So then if I'm gonna give another one like Steven did, it's gonna be Benny Snell Jr. from Pittsburgh. Yep. It's like just, him. And he just, went in the fourteenth in this round fourteen this draft too. Exactly. So it's it's just if you believe in James Conner or not, and I, it's not that I don't believe in James Conner. It's just I feel like he's gonna have a lot more. This is going to be the second year of a beating that he's getting. Yeah. You know what I and mean? Pittsburgh has done really good kind of his, for their last handful of years, two running backs. And, and So yeah. potentially stealing that number two. You're potentially stealing the next James Conner in the 14th round. Right. And and, and, and I believe that if James Conner was to ever go down this yeah. season, which is could, could happen. It could happen. 
Benny Snell is literally he just yeah. he looks like a Pittsburgh. He was, running he, was back. he was one of my sleepers in our running back rankings. I agree. Yep. All right, Drew. Who who's your lay round guy you're looking for? I'm gonna do a one blanket statement of I love all Pittsburgh wide receivers. Uh, that team that are not named Juju Smith in the late end of the yes. Draft. Anything before you keep going? Uh, I just saw this article about Juju Smith-Schuster. Some dude tattooed his like. Signature on top of this guy's well, head. So he had the he had the Pittsburgh Steelers logo tattooed on his head, yep. and then Juju signed it with a sharpie, and the guy got the sharpie signature tattooed. I don't think that's necessarily good to get the sharpie ink tattooed <laughs> into your head. I don't. I, I, have, I, have, I, have a, I have a handful of tattoos, and I honestly can't say that that's a good idea. I also will uh, suggest anybody to shy away from the. Uh, black light tattoos. Keep in mind, you're putting chemicals in your body yeah. that only glow in the dark and That's black lights. Weird. So, anyway, uh, I will say that I think uh, any wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers that you can get in round 10, 11, or later is a solid hit. Uh, I will also say the guy I'm looking for is Trey Quinn, wide receiver on the uh, Washington, Washington Redskins. Redskins. got him in round 14. He did, and it's in round 14. I love that pick 150%. Alex, your hand is up. Make it quick because I got more shit to say. Yep, it's just a yes or no. Does Ben Roethlisberger go for over 5,000 yards again this season? No. Yes or no, David? No. No, yes no but no. I think he competes for MVP of the year. Ooh. Yes or no, Steven? Yes. All right. Okay, uh, Trey Quinn, I love that wide receiver. He's had nothing but great reports out of all of, uh, out of the entire camp with all of the quarterbacks, all three of the quarterbacks that have snaps right now. And uh, it's, it's remarkable how, how well of a rapport they have with each other. All three quarterbacks, um, Trey Quinn... He's, he's made every single catch, uh, and he's now a second year, right, because he was there last yep. year. He had an injury. He's had plenty of time to go over the offense, watch, learn, uh, uh, you know, uh, grow his ability. That guy has had nothing but good news. I think if no matter – my point is no matter what quarterback we see, uh, you know, under center in that offense, um, I think he will be a top wide receiver to get in the back end, and you'll be thankful you did it. At the, at the risk of saying this, and all my buddies take him before me. Yeah, right? I'm okay. drafting him before So, him okay, closing closing couple minutes here. NFC South. Uh, we'll just go through uh, number one to number four. We'll cruise around real quick. So, And then we can talk a little bit about it. So I have Saints at 11 and 5, Falcons at 9 and 7, Panthers at 7 and 9, and Bucks at 6 and 10. Drew, who you got? Okay, uh... I'll just go ahead. And, and, we'll, and we'll say, Drew has been going no notes for the last, like, 40 minutes because his phone hates him and deleted them. So no notes, Drew. All my notes for every podcast that we've done since. That's okay. <laughs> I will survive, I guess, somehow. But in my notes, if I remember correctly, I had uh, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks. But it was a little bit closer. I think this is one of the hardest divisions to... Uh, to, to decide on. It was very close. I won't give you specific numbers. I think I had Saints right around uh, 13 and 3, and I had the Bucks right around uh, 8 and 8 or better. So Damn. that's how close I have this division. I think this is an offense-heavy division. I think what separates it is the defenses, and I have the Saints and the Falcons. If they can stay healthy, that was a key point in my notes. Falcons, if you don't stay healthy defensively, which they already have injuries on their third string, which 
if their first if their first line gets hurt, it's done. But I have those two in the top. Uh, Carolina is right behind them. If they stay healthy with Cam Newton, he needs to play 16 games. Go ahead, Alex. Alex, what do you got? So I've got the Atlanta Falcons at 11 and five, finishing Damn. at the top of the division. I've wow. got the New Orleans Saints at 10 and six. I've got Carolina at 5, 10 and one, and I've got Tampa Bay at 2, 13 and one. Ooh. I have a quick question. So, so that the only reason why I did that is because literally in the NFL there is always yep. a, a team that ties. It seems like the past like yep. four years there's been a teams that have tied. And so you see Carolina and Tampa Bay tying one at least game. one of them. Yep. At least right. one of them. And then before before we go into questions uh, and, here, yep, yep, Steve-O. And I have to, before we say anything, is because you said New Orleans first. You said New Orleans first. Steve-O, just yes or no, real quick, is New Orleans first for you? They are not. Okay, awesome. So so that means that we're, uh, between us four, we're split, which is better than I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be the min- minority in this situation where I was going to be the 25% out of the 75% that pick right. the Saints. So go ahead, Stephen, and yeah. we'll go ahead and team up on these Saints fuckers over here. Yeah, so I, I have the Falcons being 12-4. and four. I think they're back. I think Deion Jones healthy, Keanu Neal healthy. I think these guys only had one-year stints where they were injured. And yep. Guess what? We can talk about any player in the NFL that's been injured. Everyone gets injured. That's yep. what happens. Right. So for me, I believe in the Falcons' defense. I think they're going to go 12-4. and four. The Saints, I think they have a little bit of a drop-off. I don't even think they win 10 games. But I think they're a 9-7 and seven win team. I get it. They're, what what do they lose? What do they? I think people are going to start seeing that they can just shut down. And I get Michael Thomas is going to be hard to shut down. But after Michael Thomas, tell me what they really got out there. Alan I, Kamara, Melvin Ingram. So you have you have a running game, they and I think they don't, they don't have they don't have Ingram have, anymore. But they, they have Latavius Murray. They have a run heavy Latavius Murray. They do have a slew of first, second, and third year wide receivers that, as we saw last year. Uh, Drew Brees has no problem passing to. And so, Stephen, you have Falcons, Saints. Yeah, I have Fal- I have the Saints at nine and seven. I just don't. I think Drew Brees has regressed a lot at the end of the year. And if you didn't notice that, then you don't watch football. And guess what? That means that's what's going to happen. He's going to be nine and seven during his regular season. Just real quick, I just want to add to your point. The Saints' first four games of the season this year, guys, are the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cowboys. And they're better than all three of those teams. Ooh. They are. Because the only reason that do they're they, not they go, Are you saying they're going 3-0 in those first three games then? I think they have the skill to do it. Wow, I do not believe that. And you, I, I just don't believe in Drew Brees. I think, I think, I think Drew Brees is Cliff is this year. And, and I'll let you go. Yeah. You have your chance to talk right yeah, after. I know, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. By, by, by the way, the other team is the Texans. So it's the Texans, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Okay, okay. go Texans, ahead, Steven. Rams, Seahawks, that's tough. And then I got the Panthers at 6-10. and 10, And I think the Buccaneers might be the worst team in the NFL. I like and I that. think they're going at 3-13. and 13. I agree. <laughs> that's why I put them at 2-13-1. And, and I'll admit... Yeah. I thought about putting the Bucks that low, and I was like, "All right, Brusarians, I'm going to give you a little bit of love." I, Maybe they do I just don't think any of us have picked a team to win three games yet, I know. and we've got to pick some teams. Yeah. Someone's going to win three games. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Someone's going to be yeah. bad. And, and this I, year. I thought about that too, and I've basically pushed teams, some of those bottom teams, like up to their ceilings. Like I think six and ten is the Bucks' ceiling. Yeah, agreed. Couldn't agree more. I mean, they do have the 26th overall toughest schedule. Like so. Out of the 32 teams, 26, that's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Their toughest stretch is uh, weeks four through, four through nine. So they have the Rams in week four, the Saints in week five, the Panthers in London yeah. in week six, a bye week. Then Titans in week eight and Seahawks in week nine. So that's, that's like a, a, that's a fucking brutal yeah. stretch. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do want to say... 
Seeing the Falcons win that division would not surprise me at all. That Falcons offense, that Falcons defense has proved to be elite. But to me, the Saints have been the best team in the NFC for two years in a row, maybe even longer. And basically, I mean, yeah, you're talking about two, two plays are the difference between the Saints going to two straight Super Bowls and they lost nothing. And I understand that Drew Brees is getting old and he's probably doing some of that stuff, but Mick, or not Mick, Mick Vey, ha. Um, but Sean, Sean Payton has Same been so creative that I think that even if Drew Brees goes the like uh, Peyton Manning route, like, oh my God, my arm literally basically fell off. I think that... Uh, but do you think that defense is good? Sorry, I know you're going to you're gonna hate me saying this yeah. because you're a Niners fan, but... Literally, Seattle is two plays away. Two no, no. plays away from being a three-year, in yeah. my opinion, three-year-in-a-row yep. Super Bowl. Oh yeah, dynasty. Team. Yep. Like, yeah, but like they were, they were the Malcolm Butler interception mm-hmm. instead of running the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Yep. But yeah. I see this. To me, the Saints are where the like they're in that last step. So, because what you saw was that Seattle basically like they fell short. They reloaded. They fell short. They reloaded. They and, won. And but then, they, but when, but when they dip, when you're talking about dips, you're talking about major injuries. You're talking about them having to get rid of players. I think the Saints are just not quite there yet. To me, this is that year. To me, if you're the Saints, this is your year. Super you Bowl don't, or bust. If you don't win the Super Bowl you're next dead. year, you're eight and eight. Yep. And I agree with that. I I will just drop a little bit of facts. I do have the Saints winning this one. I did put them at 13-3 at the highest with a little bit of room to come yep. down, but I haven't winning it. Let's put it this way. Uh, Steven, I know we said look at Drew Brees. Uh, if you didn't watch last year, he's going down. Uh, Drew Brees had a 70% completion rate last year. Yeah, I get that, but that's and because they dump it off a lot, right? But they, they still got to where they were. They got to where they were. They're smart. They're a smart team. I think the defense is young. The offensive quarterback is older, but I think the offense is great. I think you have... Uh, Alvin Kamara really plays a huge role in that offense. I think you're right. The, the the wide receivers need a little bit of help. As long as Drew Brees is at the helm, they might not. But if I agree with David, if they if they come off of Drew Brees, then the wide receivers will need to be better because they don't have a quarterback like Drew Brees behind that. I still believe the Saints have what it takes to take that division. Um, and so, so uh, Alex over here is underlining no toughness. I, I actually agree with because I, they lost Mark Ingram to the Baltimore Ravens. They were like four and zero last without year without him because, but but he was the guy in the locker room being like, "Let's go get this. Let's I, go I, get I, this." I, I think he's not the only one doing that. Who else? Drew Brees. Who else was a leader on that team? Mark Ingram was a leader on that team. To me, to me, the Saints. Like I said, the Saints are kind of that like last year in the dynasty. The, what they remind me a lot of is basically the Ying. To the last Ray Lewis Yang. Like, it's that, to me, there's just that thing where it's like, we got snubbed, we got snubbed. Like, this just feels to me like the Saints' last, like, it's their final run. Dude, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to, like, I'm really not, like, jabbing you guys. But honestly, this Saints team is the San Francisco 49ers of, like, the 2000 to 2010. You know what I mean? Where they had elite crazy offenses yeah. where we've never seen that before. Their yeah. defense was pretty damn good where yeah. you're like, wow, these guys are stepping up. Navarro Bowman, uh, Patrick yeah. Willis, those guys were uh, Malcolm Smith. Yeah. These guys are stepping up. Sorry, before the Malcolm Smith play in Seattle. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like The Saints team is like Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan and, and Sheldon Rankins and Alex Anzalone. And and these Marcus guys are Lattimore. Ste- yeah, these guys are all stepping up, but they're just, they just, they what it is is they missed 
last year, not to their own fault. It was the fault of the referee. And, and I think we, I think you could blame it on them. And so what this team years. is, this team is the the San Francisco 49ers of the 2000 to 2010s that never made a Super Bowl. And, and I think they did. Is, they did make one. They made one Super Bowl. The and, Saints? No, the Niners did. Right. So I'm saying this is the team that is the Niners that didn't, didn't make, make a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And you right. literally just said, you think if it's not this year, the next year they go 8-8. Eight and eight. So literally we're a one-year difference away yeah. from being – so I just believe and, the drop-off happens this and year I, and instead reason, of the and year, the reason the year I, after. The reason I'm saying the year after is because they 70%. have the team right now, and I think that next year is when you start losing players. And when you start losing players, that's when you dip. Well, consistency I, I, counts – for everything in the NFL, and besides Mark Ingram, you basically are bringing back. And so far, Michael Thomas hasn't been to camp yet. Yeah, and I know like that obviously throws a, a wrench in it. And like I said, if if you told me the Falcons go thirteen and three and win this division, I would you not be, be surprised at all. I just think we got to at least give Drew like until Drew Brees actually like dies. And, and I felt like, he did those last four games of dude, the regular season, we, man. I, but, literally, hey, if, you, if you take your team to the NFC Championship game, I don't care if your arm is a fucking noodle. You still are one of the most efficient and effective, maybe the most efficient and effective quarterback in the NFL. Well, I mean, Peyton Manning did get to the AFC Championship yeah. game with a noodle. That's arm. what I mean. But that defense isn't the same. I think you guys are comparing to that Denver defense was so Lights good. out. So good. I just think that drop-off is this year. You're talking about contracts and paying people. Well, this summer, they're going to have to pay Michael Thomas now. And yep. with, but that's not going to affect all those rookies. Those rookies aren't going to get paid till next year. And right. the year after. So literally, they're going to have the same team for two years, David. This year it's, and next I'm, year. I'm, so why? that's my question to you. And I know we don't have a whole lot yeah. to answer. I just want everyone to think about this for a second. My thinking is they drop off this year and then, but you're saying the next year after that they don't have any big guys that they're gonna have to pay in between. That. It's gonna be the same player. So that's all my yep. that's my only thing and, that and I have. My, to say. my rebuttal to that is Cameron Jordan and Drew Brees are getting they are getting towards the twilight of their career. And I mean, even if you lose a Cameron Jordan, I think that's your toughness. I think those are your guys. Your locker room guys are those like Cameron Jordans. I just don't Agreed. see him holding on. But again, if seeing the Falcons Love or the Saints win that division, no big surprise. Um, just somebody beat the fucking Patriots. Um, so, so, so that's Jeez. that's that's All our right. that's our podcast today. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next week, like I said, we unfortunately, Steve, we love you. Sorry you can't come with us. We go uh, to San Fran. We, we go into San Fran. Uh, it'll be Alex, Drew, and I. Uh, maybe a couple bros from our fantasy league. A it'll guest. be a different, yeah, guest potentially, a random guest. Um, but it'll be it'll be a different podcast than what we've normally been doing. It's going to be uh, football you know, heavy. Just really. All football. I heard Jimmy you know, G's going to be on the podcast. God, I fucking oh. wish. Um, but so, so just tune in, listen, follow us, let us know what you think. Uh, until next week, thanks again, guys. Breakfast with the boys with a Z. Okay. Oh,